We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Datable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode is brought to you by Together, a podcast and online magazine that provides tools for better relationships. While it's important to navigate dating and early relationships, what happens 10, 20, 30 years down the road? Listen to stories from real people who have put in the work to form amazing partnerships. Visit together.guide or listen to the podcast on iTunes and all major podcast apps. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Here's a question for you guys. How many people have you slept with? Think of a number, Uh uh-huh. And then of those people that you've slept with, how many of them would say that you were a fantastic lover? Okay, you have a number in mind? Okay, just kidding, I don't really care. But (laughs) today we do wanna talk about the influence that you may have had on the people you've had sex with. A lot of times when we talk about our number, how many people we've slept with, 
we think about it from our perspective. Oh, I really enjoyed my time with this person, or I don't remember this person's first name when I woke up the next morning. But now we're flipping it and thinking about the other way around. How would they describe you? And what is their memory of you? That is what our guest will be talking about today. Her name is Kira. Hi, Kira. Hey, guys. Hello. She's originally from Australia and currently lives in New York. She's 30 years old and married. A little bit of background about her. Kira Cheers. Is that your real name? Yeah, that's my real name. It's <laughs> amazing. I love it. You kind of like have to live up to it, right? Even when you're feeling grumpy, you're like, no, I'm still Kira Cheers. Is that your married name or your maiden name? No, this is my maiden name. Okay. I, as Australian, I feel like it's kind of like the ultimate Aussie name. You know? It really <laughs> is. Never, ever change it. Right. <laughs> is a photo-based artist whose work explores themes of connection and sexuality within an urban dating culture. Perfect for, fit for us. Originally from Australia, Kira now lives and works in New York City. Since the viral success of her breakthrough project, Tinderella, Kira was named Young Creative Australian of the Year in the field of photography by Lost at E Minor and has spoken on numerous occasions about dating in a digital world. She's here today to talk about her latest project, The List, where an acquaintance that she she refers to as Kay in the book, a man, um, gave her a list of everyone he had ever had sex with. She spent a year tracking down the people behind the names, interviewing and photographing them in the hopes of creating a picture of Kay as he would be seen through the eyes of his former lovers. Whoa, that is daunting. <laughs> that is daunting. So, uh, Kira, just how did you find Kay? So Kay's a good friend of mine and um, I mentioned to him this idea I had for my project shortly after I finished Cinderella and he offered me his list um, and he'd been keeping a spreadsheet since high school. So and it was named and numbered um, with first and last names and contact details of all the girls. Holy so God. I really thought it was just too good of an opportunity to pass up. Uh, and why Kay? What does that stand for? We threw around a lot of ideas, but in the end, I wanted um, a letter that would also double as a name. I think, I guess I thought K as in keeper of the list, almost like a gatekeeper. So this guy kept not only just the first names, but also their contact info in this spreadsheet? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. He had um, even like details about the dates or their interactions. Um, I didn't publish those, but um, I just thought it was interesting that his list was so accessible and detailed. I mean, I can't remember everyone on my list, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, I can't either. I mean, right. <laughs> there's something you said just about like while reading the list, consider your own, how many people you've had sex with, what would they say about you and what would your life look like as seen from the eyes of your former lovers? And there's something just like so haunting about that last statement. No, I, I completely agree. And during the, the process of doing the project, uh, a friend said to me, you know, you're a hypocrite if you don't do your own list. <laughs> and, uh, and I found the idea really daunting, you know, and I, so I did my own list and, uh, and I felt, I felt good about it. But then over the the period of about a week, like names like kept coming back to me, like ghosts of my past, you know, that I'd completely forgotten. And I felt really guilty about it. And I wondered like if those people remembered me or what they thought of me. And, and I think this idea of 
what your own narrative would look like if it was told by the people in your life, you know, is a really fascinating idea. When I read this, uh, I thought, when I thought about, you know, the perception that people have of you, former lovers, I also think about my own impressions of people. um, And I feel like it's separate between how I feel about them in the moment of, you know, having sex and then afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. To me, they're very different. And so the lasting impression is always the after or the morning after what that feels like. I can remember the best sex I've had, but then I also remember how they made me feel afterwards. Yeah. So let's get right into it. First of all, you got this list of women that Kay slept with. How hard was it to track them down and also having them to agree to be in this project? Right. And I think that's um, that's that's the real skill of the project more than anything <laughs> is getting the women to agree to be a part of the project. Um, luckily, because uh, Tinderella was so widely published at the time, a lot of the women had already heard about my work. Um, so they were a lot of them were excited to be a part of the project. Um, I also think because uh, all the women are on anonymous um, they that made them more inclined to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to keep it really professional um, at all times. It, I do start the whole project with a threesome, so that didn't always work. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I I came at it from more of an intellectual standpoint and hoped that they could appreciate the project um, on the same level. And did anyone say no? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There are 38 or there were 38 women on the list at the time. He's since um, doubled that. But um, (laughs) I I think just over half the women said yes. Well, that's a pretty good number. Yeah. And how old is he right now? Um, He's 28. Okay. So he's had a fair share of people in potentially high school, college, and 20s. Well, actually, it was really interesting. He's a very like conventionally good looking guy, but he's really shy. Okay. And um, so he didn't have many partners at all in college. And when I went back and interviewed um, some of his girlfriends from college, they were like, oh, like he was the guy that all my girlfriends used to dream of. And uh, and he had no idea. So like I feel like he feels like it's a lost opportunity. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that's why his numbers have doubled. Yeah, I think over time, <laughs> I think over time he developed more confidence, and definitely through doing the project and hearing all this feedback, you know, I feel like he changed. You know, like he he started seeing himself the way that the women saw him. And so, how did how did this happen? What what was the interview process like? Um, so I I contacted all the girls. Um, predominantly over social media, and usually he reached out to them. First, just to let them know that I would be contacting them so I wasn't coming in cold. Um, and then I would like email with them. We set up a time and then I would come around to the house. So I interviewed all the women in their bedrooms. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where the magic happened. Uh, yeah. Um, that was because I wanted to bring some type of uniformity to the project, but also because I wanted to like capture them in an intimate space. So we would usually like sit on their bed and I would record our conversations on our, on the, my phone. And then after that, um, I would take their photo. Interesting. And uh, were there any overall themes that happened throughout the interviews? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, he is a selfish lover. Um, I think oh. that was the main criticism, and the women really like, you know, didn't hold back on on that one. Um, and I think also the fact that um, they found there was uh, he meets a lot of the women on, uh, you know, um, dating apps, mm-hmm. and I fe- I think they felt like there was a disconnect between how he presented himself um, on dating apps and who he is in real life. And I, I think it's just from the fact that it it seems to take a while to get to know him and that he's like he presents more confidently over dating apps in like more of a written forum. Interesting. Mm. And I obviously I read the book and it was incredible. So definitely highly recommend it for everyone. But it seemed like some women were kind of indifferent. Some were like upset. Some were like, oh, this was a great memory. We're still friends. Like what was kind of the range of emotions that these women felt? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's just like everyone, really. Like if you look back, some of your, you know, your meetings with people uh, didn't go so well. They might, they might hate you. So I wasn't really surprised at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's we also I, I also want to point out that you mentioned before, it depends at what point you're viewing your interaction. So some of these women I was interviewing not long after it ended and they might be a little bit more bitter. Some people have had time to think about it and process it and see it differently. So everyone's perspectives were filtered through nostalgia and bias and and all these things. So, you know, I think he had a lot of friendships, which is why a lot of the women agreed to be a part of the project. Yeah, Yeah. He said that a lot of them were met like on dating apps how many were like longer term relationships or more like significant versus like more casual? Um, he's had a lot of casual relationships and that I think is reflective on the fact that he's only 28. Although the turning point in the book and, and it's important to point out that it's not just a series of profiles. I've presented the book in the order that I met with the girls um, and it's a story within itself. I refer to it as a double narrative and like, you know, I think kind of halfway through the book, you probably hate him. You know, he's had these like (laughs) string of casual relationships and you're like, what a douchebag. And then you get to his first girlfriend, which is his first serious relationship um, at 16. And he's just this really vulnerable 16 year old kid who fell in love Mm -hmm. and had his heart broken. And I think, you know, that's a story that we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she was really cold and she cheated on him and broke his heart. And, um, I think that's, uh, like a really interesting turning point in the book. Um, and then as, as it goes on, I don't want to spoil too much, but you, you start to see a different side of him from that point on and some of the more like longer term relationships that he's had since then. And that's just a great way to just, describe someone who we're all so multifaceted. And I think a lot of times we see them in one moment in their life and then we judge them for that one moment. So, you know, we've all had those people that we've dated who were like, oh, that person's not committed. They're not serious. They're disrespectful. But then that's just one moment in right. what they're going through and then they yeah. get into and then you you find out that they're like in this like long-term loving relationship you know and then then you start to realize okay I didn't get to see the whole person what were some of the interviews that really stood out in your mind there's an interview that I did it's number 20 and they're pretty horrible to her like they really pressure her into 
um, a situation that she's not comfortable with mm. and she feels a lot of shame about it. Mm. And I remember it really uh, rattled me because I uh, – she was so nice the whole time I was doing it. It's so sweet. And she like, and she kind of like laughed as she retold this story. And that at the end, like she finally dropped the act um, and told me that she'd never told anyone the story and she felt really ashamed. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really easy to judge him harshly in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, like we've all got a story and we've all done shitty things to other people, especially when we're young and, like figuring it out. Unfortunately, there are casualties along the way, but for a lot of women and um, some men, they'll be able to identify with that story of just wishing things had gone differently. So did he have any idea that she felt that way in the moment? And what was his reaction hearing this like years later? Or how um, I, don't, I don't know if he realized that that's how she felt in the moment, but he also didn't deny it afterwards. He like, he was like, that's exactly what happened. You know, um, again, I, I said, sometimes it's like, it's hard to look back and see who you are and what you've done to people and how you've treated them. Give me an idea of timing. After you interview one of your subjects, do you immediately give that feedback to him or do you make him wait? Um, it, it depends. Uh, he really loved the entire experience. Um, I often joke that Kay's just a little sociopath because I feel like, (laughs) I feel like if, if it had been me going through the experience, I would have taken it really hard. You know, um, the, like the criticism would have hit me hard and, um, I might not have survived the whole process, but for him, like he loved all the feedback, even the bad feedback, you know? So like he used to hang out to hear like their review, I guess, of him and, and how they saw him. Um, but I'd often <laughs> I'd often make him wait until I was ready to present like the entire body of work. I see. OK, well, one girl, one girl stated, I like this quote. She wrote, what I learned from Kay is that people who are not happy with themselves are unable to make you happy either. The girls uh, on his list temporarily provided him with the security and confidence that he lacks himself. I hope he finds happiness. That is harsh. Mm-hmm. Like, how yeah. did he respond to that? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he, he laughed. So um, <laughs> I think that's that's kind of what he expected, you know, like a reflection of how their relationship was anyway. And I yeah. think what's also interesting about that, you also comment after, her reaction was emotional. This is not the K I know but this was the case she remembered. I felt that my entire um, interaction with her, she was very emotional and she presented like three or four different sides to the story. So I think this is a really good um, example of like, she might see this very differently in a few years time when she's had time to like calm down and think about it differently. Yeah, and also the other point is, you know, people who are, I feel like she still remembers him quite clearly and uh, not so fondly. But yeah. that sort of emotion, <laughs> that sort of, sort of reaction gets carried over to the next person she meets or the next relationship she gets in. So even though they may have had some, you know, very like short amount of time together, I feel like that really impacted longer term for her. No, absolutely. And I think she mentions in her conversation with me that she's now in a 
uh, relationship with a serious boyfriend. And that was something she stressed that, you know, she'd found someone who was now serious about her. So I think like, you know, um, having had that, uh, experience with Kay, um, she went on to look for something completely different. And just out of curiosity, was there anybody you approached who didn't remember him at all? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be amazing who <laughs> uh, I think that there's one of the girls um that I just email with um and she tells me that she barely remembers this experience hmm. except for the fact that she's pretty sure he wasn't able to get it up so <laughs> <laughs> it's like every guy's worst fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to play around with this theme of feedback because we joke yeah. around about this on our show quite a bit. What if we sent like a we did an exit interview with people that we've slept with or we sit down and do like a, you know, survey with them after sleeping with them. There's something about this that gives him feedback so he mm-hmm. can do something about it. When he first heard all these reactions from these women, what was the first thing that he wanted to do? Oh, that's really interesting. He's actually in a serious relationship now. The first one in many, many years. When I first released the book, his current girlfriend and him read the book together. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I think that it was a really positive experience for him. So as I said, because he is so introverted, um, this opportunity to hear feedback, like, he really used it as an opportunity to grow. Even just to be really specific, he took into consideration number 15 talks about the fact that he's not as giving a lover and he doesn't enjoy oral sex and uh, from conversations with his current girlfriend, that's no longer an issue. So <laughs> I, I think that it was a positive experience for him and I really hope um, the fact that he's in a in a relationship now is indicative of that. I had a, I had a friend, a girlfriend of mine, before getting married she said I need to call up all the guys that I've wronged in my past and reconcile this situation before I get married so she actually went down the list of all the guys she either ghosted or broke their heart just to clear the air did he did Kay have any sort of (laughs) motivation or urge to want to do that um no in all honesty I think it was more narcissistic than that I think that (laughs) He he just really enjoyed having a narrative that was all about him. But I mean, honestly, yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, like it is a really a unique opportunity to see yourself the way others see you. No other time do we really get the opportunity to have that kind of feedback. So was there anything that like shocked him? Like, was there anything that surprised him that he was like, this is not how I saw the situation or I didn't realize people thought of me that way? Um, I think that he just didn't realize he was such a babe. Um, I think, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I think that he really embraced this like ladies man um, kind of persona there for a while. Um, as I said, because he is kind of so shy. So I think that was probably the only part of the story that came as a shock to him. Interesting, because as someone that doesn't know him, obviously, when I was reading this book, I thought of him as like a total player, like ladies Mm. man, like typical fratty guy. I did not think introverted shy at all. Like that did not come across. I did, as you mentioned, like once I read about like his ex-girlfriend from high school. He is hard. I started to like see that's like why this might have come to be. 
But I definitely but, didn't get that. So I would have actually guessed the opposite that he might have yeah. thought like back on things. But it's interesting that he had a different perception. He's of like, it. it's all about me. <laughs> he was obviously open to all this feedback. Was there anything in particular that made him cringe a little bit or yeah. uncomfortable? It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about the latest service we have been building over at Datable. We'll be offering a platform to connect you with vetted dating experts from our network to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching to see where you're getting stuck in dating, and even ways to get real feedback about your dating style. The sessions typically run from 30 minutes to an hour and can all be done via Skype or Google Hangouts so you can be anywhere. We're so excited about this because so many of you wrote in asking how you can find people to help up your dating game. And this should be a great way to get personalized, affordable advice. We'll be adding more coaches and more services. And of course, let us know if there's something specific you'd like to see. To meet the coaches and book your session today, visit datablepodcast.com slash coaching. Now back to the show anything in particular that made him cringe a little bit or yeah. uncomfortable no like oh, wow. Kay's, Kay's not really that kind of guy um, I would have expected him to cringe um, especially from a male ego standpoint mm -hmm. at some of the the reviews and his sexual performance but mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that didn't even concern him what about um, the foursome scene I don't want to give too much away but that one was like definitely oh yeah <laughs> The, the group sex scene. And that's when I decided to end the project after oh. that because I was like, he's out of control. I feel like he's just doing things for the project now. Oh, you know? I see. Oh, I, he, that was – became when almost this exhibitionist thing. Like he was oh, just really enjoying having himself, him and not just him but his sex life documented. Interesting. Now, of the women <laughs> you interviewed, did any of them – obviously they were very honest with you about their feedback of Kay. Mm -hmm. Did any of them actually give this feedback to him in the moment? Yeah, I think I talk about number 15. I felt like – she was uh, really harsh with him in her interview with me, uh, but I felt I know that they're good friends, and I feel felt like it had been a conversation they'd probably had um, time and time again. Um, I, I also don't know how honest the women are with me because I think there's there's definitely a way we project ourselves to other people, and although like I try to cut through that and get as honest feedback as possible, like it's Im impossible to know, you know. Um, how honest it was. And I, I try to stress that in the book that it's really like filtered through so many different perspectives, you know, mm -hmm. through, you know, they, they tell the story and, and it's the way they remember it. And that's clouded by emotion and nostalgia. And then they tell me the story and then I edit it again. Um, yeah. So in the end, uh, this is like a, like a patchwork version of someone else's life. I'm, I in no way want to say that this is an accurate version of someone else's life. It's just a version of. Yeah. But I think if you're meeting a lot of people off Tinder and dating apps and it's like a one-time thing, like you're just not going to have that conversation about mm -hmm. how they impacted you. Like one night stands, it's like usually just not that much communication in general. So it like brings a really good point and this is obviously the basis of this book is like how well do we know these people that we're intimate with. Mm -hmm. So what did you learn from this project here? So for me, I'm really 
interested by this idea of your own personal perspective versus reality. So I learned that the way I perceive myself could be very different to the way others might think of me. And I, and I always try to keep that in mind. I, I think you touched on it. An encounter that means nothing to you could mean everything to somebody else yep. and their trajectory of, of their lives, perhaps being more mindful of that. And just the fact that, you know, like everyone has a story. I think that was one of the things that the, the big thing about the project and that, that I, and I thought about this as I went through is that it's not necessarily um, a particularly unique story, you know, like it's just that this is a story that we all have and it's really just an opportunity for people to reflect on their own story. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a way different perspective because yes. a lot of times we're putting our own narrative together. Right. I think that's really helpful too. Like I actually had to do this during like therapy is looking at my different life stages and who's impacted me and what right. they've taught me. But it was all from me in my lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, this yeah. is interesting because you're like thinking about like, okay, I have this life and all these people impacted it, but how did I play into these people's lives? And a yeah. lot of us will never know. So it's like, we can't all do this list project or maybe we can, yeah. but we might not. But it's like something to be conscious yeah. of, of, oh, if I insult someone or do something, is that going to like play into their like confidence and whatnot? And right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it is also timing. I think about the yeah. people who really made an impact in my life. It wasn't so much what they did, but when they entered my life. So I remember, sure. you know, meeting this guy during a time where I was like so sick of dating and no matter how wonderful he could yeah, have been, totally. I still was just not in the right mindset. So in my impression of him, it was the guy that helped me um, to stop dating. You know, I was like, after this guy, I'm done. This is over. But it wasn't that he was awful. Well, that- that's a big part of it. And I think you actually hit on this in the book too, is like there yeah. were a couple of girls that it really could have been Kay or any other guy. Mm-hmm. Like there was yeah. number 18 that felt empowered because he was the first right. guy she'd ever gone home with. Mm-hmm. So it right. was not him specific. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't know that. Right. And then there was number 16 that said that she was going through a period of depression, anxiety in a moment of fuck you phase to men uh-huh. because she yeah. was also mourning her ex-boyfriend. So I think a lot of times it may have little to do with the actual person, but like what you're going through in the moment, like you were saying, UA. I think the other thing is like you just don't know what's going on in people's lives. No. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think timing is everything. Have you thought about doing this experiment the other way around, having a female subject and tracking down their male counterparts? Yeah, I have. I thought it'd be really hard to find someone to donate their list because it's this really invasive process. Mm -hmm. But I've had a lot of people, you know, submit their own lists. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I'm encouraging. I'm encouraging people to email me their own list so that the project can continue to evolve. Um, And I have thought about doing it and also um, taking a little bit of a different, not so hetero look at sexuality. I think that would be really interesting. I guess I, for Tinderella, I worked with mostly men. Um, So I was really interested in photographing women this time and hearing their perspective. I think also um, what's really interesting with the project is that because of the anonymity, I had these really open and honest conversations with women about sex. And I think that becomes like a theme that runs throughout the book. I was going to say it was definitely like 
it felt like the women were very sexually liberated. And obviously, mm. this day and age, like women are. But did you have any thoughts or takeaways from that overall? Yeah, I mean, that was the most fascinating part of it. So the pro- some profiles are more sexual um, than others. And that was never because of me. That was, I was only ever following their leads. So if the profiles are sexual, that's because they took it there. Also, I mean, most of these women live in New York, where people are, you know, pretty open to like exploring and doing new things, especially in the dating scene here. It can get pretty crazy. So I think um, that made a big difference. I guess also the type of people that he was attracting, you know, he's also very like, open to exploring. So he was attracting people that were like-minded and a lot of them were one night stands too Mm -hmm. he had yeah a lot of one night stands (laughs) (laughs) that but that's incredible that he kept their names and their contact i know and stayed friends with some of them which is actually very i thought that was like very fascinating and probably a testament to his character also he's told me before that he often sleeps with women as a way to solidify the friendship. It's a way of almost like mm. keeping them in his life. And I say that it's a really interesting manipulation of the way women work. And certainly not something I think that uh, a lot of men do. Yeah. Um, but I guess he felt that they were like connected to him, you know, forever now. He often like built upon that to create a friendship, which is fascinating. So how did your relationship with Kay change from this project? Like, did you have a new perspective on him? We were already good friends, but this is such an intimate project. And he was um, so open throughout the whole process that we just became far better friends. Like, he's one of my closest friends now. And I think that's how it changed. And how did this project impact your own life? I know you're married, but did it change your perspective about love and dating? I think that I'd already really felt pretty strongly about love and dating at the time when I got married. Although, I, you know, I, I think about it, the I actually met and married my husband within nine months. And wow. um, yeah, and the person I dated before him, you know, asked me to be in a relationship and I, I was like, I'm not at that point. I'm not ready. Mm. And then I kind of got like, I, you know, I met my husband and everything changed. And I often think, you know, if, if he if he looks back on it in the same way that some of the women look back on their interactions with Kate and, and think like, why not me? What went wrong? You know, um, and so I think about my own list kind of in, in that perspective and, and how people remember me. Interesting. Well, I think this is a good way to talk about takeaways. Yeah, yeah. I. I personally think about this in a way of we get a lot of comments about, you know, being single and dating and being out there and making it feel like it's just you in this movie (laughs) about, you know, dating in in modern world. But I think through your project, I hope everyone will start to realize that dating involves multiple people, not just you. Right. Multiple characters in this movie. Sometimes they're supporting, sometimes they're guest stars, sometimes they're a co-star. And we need to start realizing that we're impacting other people, even though your interaction may be one night or even an hour, you do impact them. And that impact becomes cumulative in their life. So for people who are right now actively dating and actively meeting people, think about if Kira were to do this project on you, (laughs) what would you want the current person you're with? What would you want them to say about you afterwards? And I think that's a good way to think about it. It's not so much, am I 
um, it, you want to be in the moment, but also after this interaction, I want this person to take away that this is who I am. This is how they feel right. about me. And this is how I made them feel. And yeah. I think it's okay if not everyone is like the next love of your life. Sometimes a relationship is just one night of good sex. Like that mm -hmm. could be it. Yeah. So sometimes with these like people that aren't very supporting actors, as you just said, you don't have a lot of time to make that impression. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But that also doesn't mean that like you need to act like an asshole. Right. What takeaways do you have, Julie? Um, I think just in general, like you don't really like we've talked about, you don't ever know what's going on in someone's life. You don't ever know the real impact you had on them. Other one, like the woman number 15 in your book, he, like basically Kay told her like to get in her own bed after like they slept together. And she was just like, I will never be with someone that does that. And I mm. hope like people in this book or just in general, if you've had shitty um, sexual experiences, hopefully not like rape or anything very difficult, but like even just stuff that didn't sit well in the moment, hopefully people can learn from that and figure out what they want in their future or in stuff they'll never tolerate again. So even if it was a bad experience, there is a way to turn it into a good experience. Right. And, and I think that's that's really important. Um, in this process of reflection, you can learn so much. And, um, and perhaps um, when you reflect, don't be so hard on yourself, but use it as an opportunity to grow. I think that's a, that's a really positive takeaway from the project. Yeah. I think the other thing that I kind of took away too is like cutting people a little slack also. Mm. Like some of these people might have been – very immature. They might have had their own self-growth to do. Like we said, you never know what they were experiencing in that time. So someone you may have thought was like flaking on you or rude to you may have had other stuff going on or other experiences that you just had no idea about. Mm -hmm. So maybe not taking all these experiences so personally or holding like resentment and grudges towards them. And right. also reevaluating like I know for me, like I've had certain people that in the moment I was like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. And now looking back on it, I'm like, wait, what was their name again? Like so yeah. sometimes yeah. it's like thinking about like I think like you hit on this, like some of the people that might have been a little more angry were like recent yeah. and didn't have the time to cool off. So maybe it's like just taking a step back and being like okay, how does this one night stand fit into my whole narrative? Right. Um, maybe they're not a huge part of my life, or maybe at least I can find something beneficial that they brought me. Yeah. I just think we need to give each other more feedback in general. And it yeah. doesn't have to be like, oh, your penis didn't work. Well, obviously, right. he, someone would know <laughs> their penis didn't work. But the feedback as in, you know, when you said that, it made me uncomfortable. Like the bed you, example. Yeah. When you asked me to yeah. do that, that makes me uncomfortable. And that's immediate feedback because – Unless we get that feedback, we're going to just keep doing the same type of behavior. Right. And that isn't really our fault because nobody's given that feedback, right? Right. So we, we really got to communicate more in the moment um, as honestly as possible without ruining the mood, obviously. I do like this idea because I'm just thinking about like what I would do. I don't think I want to know what exactly everyone would say <laughs> about me, but I can almost guess. Even if you just went home, you know, and said, I'm going to take an hour and map out the last 10 people I slept with and try to guess what they would say about me. I think that could be telling. 
already. Yeah. Maybe it's something that you did years ago mm-hmm. and you've changed, but you can be like, okay, I would not do that now. Yeah. And that's like a good feeling knowing how much you've evolved as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's growth. It's it's all about growth. And unfortunately, part of personal growth, there is roadkill along the way. <laughs> and, and hopefully yeah. that you're just kind to that roadkill and not treat them as such. Yeah. All right. Let's do question of the day. So this comes from Lydia. Um, I learned that my guy has slept with a lot more women than I ever thought, like five times how many people I've slept with. In fact, it's almost a turnoff that I now know his number. How do I not let this interfere with our relationship? Kira, we'll let you answer that first. (laughs) Right. um, So I think that as long as he's careful about his sexual health, that this shouldn't be an an issue because we are all the sum of our experiences and he is who he is because of all the experiences he's had. Um, So I really don't think the number of sexual partners um, should be something that concerns you. Mm -hmm. I think just the number in general is so misleading. I mean, imagine if someone had five booty calls that they just slept with over and over again, their number wouldn't go past five, but they're still being promiscuous, right? By sleeping with five different people at once. So I think the number is misleading in that way. It's not a way to judge someone because it's it's all dependent on um, their life stage and also what they've been through. So you, you can't really, I feel like you can't really take that into account when trying to move forward in a relationship because the relationship is about the future and not about the past. And also- why even ask for a number? I'm sorry. No. I just, I would never want to know. I don't need to know. It doesn't affect right. me as long as you're clean, yeah. you're, you know, you're safe. That's all I need to know. I don't want to know how many people But I guess with. now that it's out and she knows the number mm-hmm. and she feels uncomfortable, maybe she should do what Kay did with his girlfriend. Oh <laughs> <laughs> and not like go through everyone, but maybe like, what did you learn from this? Why are you in the place that you want to be in a committed relationship now? I'm guessing, obviously, I don't know Lydia's boyfriend, but I'm guessing he was probably single for a good chunk of time in order to have a lot of partners. So maybe it's like using this as a way to deepen your relationship opposed to like looking at it as a way that's going to like hinder it and not sure if you can move past it. Yeah. I think it's also important for her to um, reflect on why it makes her feel insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably more to the point about it's about why is she having mm-hmm. this reaction to her partners rather than how many people he's had sex with. That's a really good that's point. Good, great point. Yeah, definitely. So look to yourself more first for that. Yeah. I mean, in this day and age, you, it's going to be hard to find someone who has no history or no sexual or past. Or that brings up other issues, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then you can't win with that number, right? It's what you've had zero or you've had under 10 partners are you really inexperienced you just can't win it's a lose-lose situation so yes definitely look to yourself and 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 try to answer why am I having this reaction I I actually had this conversation with my husband um when we first got together about how many sexual partners we'd had and I was so reluctant to share for such a long time um, because I guess it's a, it's a different approach for, unfortunately, um, you know, we're all influenced by societal expectations around yeah. sex. And as a woman, I, as much as I don't want to, I still felt like insecure about sharing that information. Mm-hmm. Whereas for a guy, I feel like it's almost like 
look at all my trophies, which is, which is terrible. You know, it's terrible that that's the way it is, but, um, no matter like how strong and feminist (laughs) you want to be like at some point, um, you know, you, you are influenced by the society you live in. So, and I remember I shared the number with him and he was completely okay with it. And, and I realized that it was just like, I didn't need to be, feel any kind of shame. You know, it just was who I am and, and where I've come from. I mean, keep us posted if you do this with a female, because I would love to hear the differences, because I think that was definitely an eye-opening part, just the change of female sexuality and all of that. Yeah, Here, absolutely. Give us a quick summary of your previous project, Tinderella. Um, so over the course of three months, um, I went out on a total of 17 first dates using Tinder. Um, and at the end of each date, I took um, a black and white image of of them and I had an exhibition. I presented it with kind of name, age, occupation. Um, and then I made commentary about um, the way in which we connect with one another in a digital world. Mm, very interesting. Where can people find your book and maybe information on that as well? Um, so I have a website specifically for The List, which is thelistbykirachears.com. Um, so you can buy the book there. And then if you would like to see uh, more of my work from there, there's a link to my main website, kirachears.com. Awesome. And we'll also link to the list in your profile on Datable so people can access it that way. Is it on Amazon or anything like that? No, I'm just selling it through my website. Okay, great. Good to know. Well, I highly recommend it. I thought it was fascinating. It was a really quick, fun read, like, and it definitely made me think for a long time after. So definitely recommend picking this up. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kira, for joining us on today's episode. Really appreciate it. And for our listeners, if you like to be a guest on our show, we are still booking guests for season six and seven. So um, we're always open to new topics, but you know, we love experiments. If you've done experiments about personal growth, about self-reflection, I want to hear all about it. What was yeah. your procedure? What was your strategy? What was your sample size? I mean, we want to hear all about it. So definitely reach out and tell us all about your research. Okay, um, we're, let's wrap this up. Stay, Stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to do a little exercise. Make a list of the last 10 people you either slept with or went on dates with. Write down what you think their impression is of you post-date or post-coital. And also write down what you learned from each individual person. Figure out kind of the lasting impression you want to make on people and the impact you want to have on people's lives, especially people you go on dates with or have sex with. Or have us do it for you. We're now doing post-date exit interviews to give you real feedback from your dates. To learn more, visit datablepodcast.com forward slash coaching. This episode is brought to you by Together, a podcast and online magazine that provides tools for better relationships. While it's important to navigate dating and early relationships, what happens 10, 20, 30 years down the road? Listen to stories from real people who have put in the work to form amazing partnerships. Visit together.guide or listen to the podcast on iTunes and all major podcast apps. 
If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with dateable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode.